Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 5, Episode 14. This week we're talking about 1986's Top Gun. With Joe. You've been busted. You lost your qualifications as section leader three times. Put in hack twice by me. With a history of high-speed passes, over five air-controlled towers, and one admiral's daughter. And Sam. You're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous. Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the maverick to my Iceman, Sam. Get him. Get him. Welcome back, sir. Have you seen the new movie? Yes. And your thoughts quickly? I would be. I would much rather be talking about the new movie than this one. The new movie's really, really good. It is so fucking good. It's really, really good. And I, I won't even dock at points right now for copying directly specific scenes from this movie. I don't even care. I Oh my, I would pay $100 for a ticket just to go see that again. Would you say, because I would say this, that in the last 30 years, this is the best sequel to a movie you've ever seen? Quite possibly, actually. If you had to think about it, I mean, give me- give If me, I had to think about it, but, as far as sequels go- But offhand, I can't think- I know there's one. I know there's one somewhere. I can't think of one that's- like this though, no, where no, because most just complete knockout. My fear was that this they move- fixed all the pacing issues. And I will say the eighties Top Gun, the original Top Gun. Yeah, I was blown away by the the just the the flight scenes and the plane stunts. Yes, they're crazy. Like I'm sure I had the what what was the effect of seeing these on screen back then yeah. was the same as I saw them now. Okay. But it's the scenes when they're on the ground that slow it down for you. Yeah. Okay. Which is funny because I, again, I told you before we went on the air here that I just finished editing the miracle one. And your issue was that was the pacing also because you wanted to watch the hockey. And when it got to beyond the hockey, it was like, this is slowing everything down. And so you can touch on these things, but if you linger. Right. It, then it starts to slow the whole thing down and brings everything down. Like I was convinced I was going to give this an A and I couldn't give it an A when I was done. Oh yeah. I'm not giving this an A. But I'm not giving it any, I'm not giving it lower than a C. Me neither. Yeah. It, this is. This is still a super enjoyable movie. It's a damn enjoyable movie. It's just the sequel was way better in every single possible way. Well, it was also 40 years later. You couldn't have done the sequel in 1987. No, I think that was the whole point with Tom Cruise, wasn't it? This he, they wanted to do, they, they had, they had green lit it, mm. but Tom was like, no, I'm not doing this until. No, I'm the 50. technology. <laughs> well, no, until the technology is right. Yeah, I like the idea that they were going towards the drone idea, and that these fighter pilots need to be up there instead of drones. It it's a current issue. I like it. I thought that was a smart move. I love the fact that his could just watch stealth, but well, you could, but stealth is fucking CGI. These were Oof, fighter jets. Tell fighting. You what's not CGI? Jennifer Connelly, Jessica Biel. No, she's not. She'll never be CGI. <laughs> Although I'm convinced that she's not real. She can't be. She's too hot. I could say the same about Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. yeah. She's aged well too. 
Well, this week I've nominated Top Gun. Speaking of things that have not aged well, we'll talk about Kelly McGillis in a second. There's a picture of her later on. I'll show you. Oh. This week I've nominated Top Gun from 1986 for the War Military Movie Pantheon. On this show, we'll be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Preserve and in our War Military Film Pantheon. We've only got two movies. The Hunt for Red October with a B, a 9 out of 12, and Behind Enemy Lines with a D. I wish you could see my face right now. I'm sorry for interrupting. That we only did two? Or that we gave Hunt a B? (sighs) No, that you gave Behind Enemy Lines a D. Oh, it's bad. I love that movie. You need to listen to that podcast. JC nominated that. And when he was done, he was so (laughs) deflated after what he saw. Because he was like, that was the first movie he saw on a date with his wife. He took his wife to go see that. It's so good. They got married. But it's awful. Okay. I'm going to watch it tonight. Okay. And I'm going to text you. Okay. And I'm going to go, yeah, you guys are right. Or, (laughs) or just, just so you know how to read this message. (laughs) So when you read it, you hear the sound, you go, yeah, you guys are right. (laughs) Or once again, you guys are wrong. (laughs) Let's see what I said. I said young adults who haven't, no, uh, oh, oh, I didn't put my grade on this. This is the old thing that we had. We didn't even do a top three, bottom three. We're just talking about what things work and what things don't work. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's super. My things that didn't work, military protocols, talking back to superior officers with no worry of repercussion, pilots doing what they want instead of the mission with nobody monitoring them from the carrier, the army coming upon the mass grave of bodies, knowing that Burnett didn't just disappear, but not checking to see if he's there any more than three minutes they spend there, yeah, and stabbing like- every corpse except the one he's under, which is right in the middle of their search. <laughs> except for the last one, it sounds like Top Gun. What are you talking, talking about? Talking back to an officer, the pilot's doing whatever they want. When do they talk back to an officer in this? Doesn't he get snarky in the original? When? I watched this a week ago. I did the thing. I don't fucking know. He doesn't because there's only one person he's snarky with and it's Charlie. And she's he's told at the beginning from uh, Jester, she is a civilian, so she should not be saluted. That's the only person because otherwise they are yes, sir, no, sir, with every superior officer. I bring a boat. I talk about that big time. Oh, sorry. I watched Black Hawk Down. That's what I was thinking about. That's a different, one, okay. He says one thing. He's There's a couple scenes where you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So you're missing. So you yeah, mi- I, I just swapped up. Well, no, the whole behind enemy pilots. lines. Well, no, 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 no. Behind enemy lines. I'm still watching it. I still love it. <laughs> but no, when you were doing the top three, bottom three, or the oh. do the rights and wrongs. Yeah. The back talk was mixed up with Black Hawk Down, but the pilots doing whatever they want was Top Gun. Yes. You buzz the tower, you're losing your wings forever. Apparently from what the Top Gun interviewers say. Yeah. You do any type of shit like that, you'll never fly again. Well. This is a movie. It's a movie. Why not? I'm just, I know. I know. This week we're talking about. <laughs> wait. Let's get down to business. Okay. This week we're talking about 1986's Top Gun, a movie made for $15 million that brought in $357.1 million worldwide. Jesus. <laughs> and this was before Tom was a major movie star. This was kind of his second step. He did Risky Business uh, two years before. He Then he did a couple of movies in between. Risky Business was kind of like his, okay, I've arrived. This movie was... I'm a man and I've arrived now. This was a much bigger step. Uh, this was him carrying a movie fully on his own. 
Written yeah. by Jim Cash and Jack Epps, directed by Tony Scott. Music by Harold Faltermeyer. And let's be honest, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> and Berlin. Take my breath away. <laughs> I hope they got paid for every fucking time that song was played in this movie. Oh my God. <laughs> it's better? Much better. Starring Tom Cruise as Maverick. Kelly McGillis as Charlie. Val Kilmer as Iceman. Anthony Edwards as Goose. Tom Skerritt as Viper. Michael Ironside as that dude from Starship Troopers that says it ate his brains. John Stockwell as Cougar. Barry Tubb as Wolfman. Wolfman? Wolfman. He's not Jewish. Rick Rosovich as Slider. Tim Robbins as Merlin. Clarence Gilliard as Sundown, the most annoying man in the movie. Whip Hubley as Hollywood. And Meg Ryan. Yes, that Meg Ryan as Carol Bradshaw. And of course, Principal Strickland, James Tolkien as, well, himself. Seriously, no range here. He's the same character as he was in Back to the Future, Master of the Universe, and War Games. And he's awesome at it. <laughs> Sam, do you remember seeing this for the first time? What'd you think? <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea when I saw this. I don't even know the first time. It would have, I mean, I saw it flipping through channels. Um, I think maybe the first time was last year. Okay. Actually. Uh, like actually sitting down and watching it. I think it was last year. I don't even think it was. In la- I don't even think it was last year. I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't. It's one of those movies that's just stuck in your DNA. It's just there. I it, know I've seen. Yeah. Most of it. I know I saw this. This was always a movie people played whenever they were showing off their surround sound systems. <laughs> and I remember when I was 13, 12, 13 years old, going to a family friend's house and they had just bought his brand new surround sound system. They were like, oh yeah, check this out. And they played the opening sequence of this. And when you're sitting on the couch and the damn thing's shaking, you're like, okay, I need to watch the rest of this movie. And my dad was like, oh no, we gotta go. I was like, but there's more. <laughs> and I think it was like maybe three or four months later, my dad rented it and we watched it. I was like, this is amazing. This is awesome. Okay. Yeah. Let's get down to business with this thing. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. Okay, the primary inspiration for the film was the article Top Guns by Ihu Dine from the May 1983 issue of California Magazine, which featured aerial photography by then-Lieutenant Commander Charles Heater Heatley. The article detailed the life of fighter pilots as Naval Air Station Miramar in San Diego, self-nicknamed as Fighter Town USA. Uh, numerous screenwriters allegedly turned down the project. But Bruckheimer and Simpson went on to hire Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. to write the first draft. The research methods by Epps included attendance at several declassified Top Gun classes at Miramar and gaining experience by being flown in an F-14. The first draft failed to impress Bruckheimer and Simpson and is considered to be very different from the final product in numerous ways. I wish I knew what they were. Maybe it was more propaganda like, I don't know. Tony Scott was hired to direct on the strength of a commercial he had done for Swedish automaker Saab in the early 1980s, where a Saab 900 Turbo was shown racing a Saab 37 Viggen fighter jet. Okay, I'm looking this up. <laughs> the commercial? Yeah. Actor Matthew Modine turned down the role of Pete Mitchell that went to Tom Cruise because he felt the film's pro-military stance went against his politics. 
Julianne Phillips, <clears throat> it's just a military movie. There's nothing pro or con against it. It It's just a it's military just a movie. movie. It's like getting cast for Saving Private Ryan and going, I can't do it. It's against my morals. Well, and also, Saving Private Ryan, you watch that movie, you're not like, oh, I want to enlist. Normandy oh alone God. makes you go, fucking glad I'm, there's not a draft. <laughs> Julianne Phillips was in consideration for the role of Charlie and had been scheduled to perform a screen test opposite Tom Cruise, but she didn't get it. The producers wanted the assistance of the U.S. Navy in the production of the film. The Navy was influential in relation. Oh, you got the commercial up. I would have bought in that sob. That's a sweet commercial. Look at those aviator glasses. That's a, that's a hell of a commercial. I was going to say, that's a very Top Gun shot right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Wow. That was better than I thought it was going to be. Okay, yeah. The opening dogfight was moved to international waters as opposed to Cuba. The language was toned down, and a scene that involved a crash on the deck of an aircraft carrier was also scrapped. Ooh, that would have been cool. Maverick's love interest was also changed from a female enlisted member to, of to the Navy to a civilian contractor. Sailor to a civilian contractor with the Navy due to the U S military's prohibition of fraternizing between officers and enlisted personnel at the time. The Charlie character also replaced an aerobics instructor from an early draft as a love interest for Maverick. After producers were introduced to Christine legs, Fox, a civilian mathematician employed by the center for Naval analyses as a specialist in maritime air superiority, developing tactics for an aircraft carrier defense. And Rear Admiral Pete Viper Pettigrew, a former Navy aviator, Vietnam War veteran, and Top Gun instructor, served as a technical advisor on the film and also makes a cameo appearance in the film as a colleague of Charlie's. So that, that's probably where they got the Viper name. Yeah. yeah. Give him a little, hey, we'll put you in the movie. Sick. Yeah. But that's all there is on the making of for this when it comes to the written part. You can find oh. tons of stuff on the interviews and all that stuff. I was expecting more. I was too, actually. But... Something, all, some things just come together. Just wait till we do Mad Max. There's a ton of shit on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute banger. All right, time to do a clip from this movie. What's up? Can't sleep. You know, when I first realized that going to Top Gun, all I could think about was getting that trophy. I got to be straight with you, Mav. Right now, I just hope we graduate. I got a family to think about. I can't afford to blow this. I guess that flyby wasn't such a big hit, huh? Look, man, I know it's tough for you. I wouldn't let you in the academy because you're Duke Mitchell's kid. You have to live with that reputation. It's like every time we go up there, it's like you're flying against a ghost. Makes me nervous. You're the only family I've got. I'm not gonna let you down, I promise. The film begins with a title card script and a title card saying the following. On March 3rd, 1969, the United States Navy established an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that the handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. They succeeded. Today, the Navy calls it Fighter Weapon School. The Flyers call it Top Gun Maverick. Oh, wait. wait. No, sorry. It's a different movie. <laughs> top Gun. To be clear, they use the exact same oh script, God. but they add and women to it. In Top Gun Maverick. Oh, well, it's because there's women allowed in the 
but it wasn't in 1969. No, it wasn't. So it made no sense. <laughs> okay. So anyway, the film begins with Maverick, Goose, Cougar, and Merlin launching off the aircraft carrier USS Enterprise to go on patrol in the F-14s. It's so- God, those things are... The, uh, that was the first... The first thing I said when I was watching this, and I was watching it with my aunt. Yeah. Because I was in Chicago. And the first thing we said was, oh my God, these shots are fucking crazy. They're great. They're amazing. And we were just like, I don't, I didn't remember it being that good. I was like, this is going to be kind of hokey. No, no. It's it, bitching. How does this not get you hype? <laughs> and like the guys who are launching the planes, they're pointing <laughs> like you, oh, you get it. You're adrenaline. You're like, I'm signing up today. Yes. Uh, it is cool how the music goes from Faltermeyer to Loggins the minute the planes leave the carrier. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're all business here. We're going to romanticize everybody's job out here. Once that plane hits the air, it's like, fuck it, let's go to the danger zone. <laughs> uh, two MiG-28s jump them. Cougar is outmaneuvered by MiG-1 while Maverick locks his missile radar on MiG-2, who promptly disengages. MiG-1 stays on Cougar and is only chased off when Maverick flies upside down, closes up on the MiG, and flashes an obscene gesture to the enemy pilot while Goose takes his picture. <laughs> yeah, I know all I need to know about these characters just with this opener. Yeah. It, re- um, it reminds me of what you said about Goonies. Where you said Goonies is the best introduction to all the characters. Yeah. In the first time. This comes pretty damn close. Pretty damn close. <clears throat> pretty damn close. I understand Goose. I understand Maverick. Yeah, you get the skill level. I, I, I still, like, for, what is this, 86? Yeah. To do these shots, it's I, insane. I don't know how they did it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like, I can understand now. Yeah. Sure. Easy enough. But 86, to get those cameras up there? Because even then, like, I know we're going to be jumping from Maverick. It's okay. But the director for Maverick was when these when the, the, the jets went out for these stunts. Yeah. Because you don't have a screen. You can't see what they do. So they go out for, like, an X amount of time. Mm-hmm. They do all the shots. All the actors have to just know what's going on and what they're doing. And they're cueing, like, themselves on what's right. going on. They land and then he checks the tape. And it makes you wonder how many takes they have to do for all these. And how much money? Oh, well, less than 15 million. <laughs> Which blows my mind just in gas. Like, how much fuel? At this point, <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to move on. Both planes run out of gas and Stinger orders them to land. Maverick disobeys orders, has a bolter, goes back to get up Cougar. Cougar throws to land his jet and has, P- has a PTSD attack, but Maverick talks him through it and Cougar lands. Dude, if I was Merlin, I'd be freaking out right now. Oh, yeah. Like, talk that, about it. That uh, radar dude has no control of the plane. What a vulnerable spot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there was a super interesting... So there's another super interesting interview about um, like an actual Top Gun fighter pilot talking about like the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's a real thing. Like there are specific people designated to talk to the fighter pilots and talk them down. Okay. When, and it's usually because when you're pulling that many G's and your oxygen's being depleted from your brain, yeah. that'll click in and you'll be locked out and you'll, you will, you'll be basically broken. That's scary. And there's you, sp- <laughs> yeah. So it's not necessarily like the pilot will like talk to you, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's really there's like somebody on the ground with the radio just in case, 
just to talk them down. That's wild. Yeah. Science, man. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do like how it is probably completely unre, uh, unrealistic. What Maverick does here when he basically does the hop land uh, to ju- he touches the aircracker and just shoots right back up. Oh no, I think that's totally bot. No, those, those they they practice those. Do they really? They practice those. Yeah, so they'll get as low and then they'll bop and go back up. Just okay. In case. Yeah, they'll practice those emergency launches. I do. I will say this also. I love Stinger. He's the ball guy. The, the oh the, yeah, the, he's the, such a prick. The the, I like who's up there. <laughs> Mer- Merlin and Cougar, Maverick and Goose. Great. Maverick and Goose. <laughs> You're just like, oh, they're the bad boys. Got uh-huh. it. And then when he lands and hops up, he goes, God damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything that James Tolkien does in this movie is just, it's over the top, but I love every second of it. Cougar sees the captain of the Enterprise, Tom Stinger Jordan, and turns in his wings. The incident has left Cougar rattled and he feels he can't fly combat anymore. Stinger is forced to change his intended disciplinary action against Maverick for he must send a Tomcat tandem for additional combat training at the Navy's Fighter Weapons School in Miramar near San Diego, California. And the captain is plainly disgusted that Maverick is the only qualified candidate for the assignment. <laughs> just one comment. Yes. And I'm sure this is just super realistic. It's the sweatiest damn cast I've ever seen. We're going to say that several times through this. Dripping. There is no air conditioning invented yet, apparently, in 1986. No. In these boats that are just baking in the middle of, I'm assuming, the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. 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 It's well, just getting. Is hit. it the Pacific or is it the Indian? Oh, I don't know where they're stationed. I thought they were in the Indian Ocean, but Either regardless. Way. Yeah. I, I don't know. This is also when we get. Penny Benjamin's name mentioned, which they will use in Top Gun Maverick. That's the tie-in right there. Jennifer no Connelly is Penny. Yeah. I thought she was just a character after. Oh, that's clever. She's mentioned. Okay. Actually, she's mentioned twice in this because Meg Ryan mentions her in the story later on about the Admiral's daughter. And then when he goes to the bar in Maverick, he mentions or it, she, he talks to her and she goes, well, you know, my father, the Admiral, didn't like that. And you're like, that's Penny Benjamin. Mm, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. It's the little things like that that make it a great sequel. It's such a damn good sequel. It is. Yeah. Everything James Tolkien says. Let's see. what I, I, I You screw up just this much. You'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. <laughs> or let's see. Where is it? Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. <laughs> it's such a quotable movie. It really is. Yeah. And so much so that people in the actual Top Gun and the Top Gun school, you will be bullied and made fun of. <laughs> and there's an actual swear jar yeah. where you have to put 20 bucks in if you quote a single thing from Top Gun. That's fantastic. If you say, I feel the need. There's a, there's a tip. You have to put a $20 in the bill in the jar. Which is funny because it was probably created by a bunch of guys who signed up for the Navy because they saw this movie. <laughs> 100%. In Miramar, Maverick and Goose are introduced to their wingmen. Iceman. I'm saying men a lot. Wingmen. Iceman. Because we're Iceman. Ice we're sailor men. Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Batman. Okay. <laughs> and his Rio slider. Hollywood and his Rio, Wolfman. 
Wolfman, Jesus, Chipper and his Rio Sundown, and instructors Viper and Jester. Maverick begins a rivalry with to- fellow Tomcat pilot Iceman and his Rio Slider. Uh, I like all these guys. This really is a great cast. But it's also another non-air-conditioned room. With <laughs> all just a bunch of sweaty dudes. That room's got to smell awful. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. I mean, no, their clothing is stuck to them. Yes. This is also where I, Goose gives out like the craziest fucking laugh. When he goes, the, the trophy for the alternates is in the ladies' room. Oh. He goes, <laughs> You're killing me, man. You're killing me. Oh, no, boys. There's two O's and Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the fact that you see Maverick's arrogance in this scene right away. When he goes, oh, 100%. Who's- you think you're the best? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> And then Goose Thing's over goes, thanks, Mav. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whenever they're talking about like, uh, you know, I felt like whenever Tom Cruise in this or Maverick says like, I, Mm -hmm. he's like, hey, (laughs) Uh, we, we (laughs) (laughs) at a bar the night after their first day at school, Maverick notices Charlotte Blackwood, a pretty young blonde in jeans and hits on her by following her into the ladies room and serenading her. And that, my friend, is a picture of her now. There's a reason that this is what I will say. Yeah. She looks her age. She definitely does. Whereas Tom Cruise is drinking baby blood and doing Scientology things. But she can't be butthurt about not being asked to be in Top Gun Maverick. No, she can't. Sorry, kid. You look like you run at work at the DMV now. Yeah. Uh, also, in the scene prior, yeah. are Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise about to make out? Oh, and they get really close to each other? They get really close to each other. There's a lot of close talking. There's a lot this. of close talking. And it's, when Tom Cruise yells at- sweating and they're smiling. <laughs> when Tom Cruise yells at sundown, I will fire when I'm good and goddamn ready. <laughs> He's like an inch from his face. Yes. Speaking of, Tom Cruise got some- teeth back then have you ever noticed his teeth though back then no now like well back then and now they're mis- yeah. they're misaligned they're off a little bit but they're still straight he has one tooth in the middle his front tooth is in the middle of his face he doesn't have two yeah you're right no yeah he's yeah 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 i can't not see yeah it but they're they're better than they were in top like sorry mr cruz like love you appreciate you <laughs> you're the best no he's uh, lost that love and feeling <laughs> <laughs> he went clear. That's what we're just, he, he went clear. He went clear. <laughs> um, and what a sigh. <sighs> a time before texting and oh. cell phones and going out and schmoozing and meeting ladies the old school way. And this is what I call a target rich environment. How I wish I could have experienced this. I mean, I did. <laughs> you. I was I was of the age before the cell phones and we were doing this in bars. Yeah. It seemed like such a better time. It was easier. It was a lot easier to talk to people. Now everybody's got their fucking phone out. Mm-hmm. It sucks. And what a way to pick up a girl. Okay, yes. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's so, talk about that. He sings uh, You Lost That Love and Feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, this is the what he says beforehand. Let's see here. It is. Uh, She's lost that love and feeling. She's like, no, she hasn't. She has <laughs> not lost that love because she's lost it, man. Come on. I hate it when she does that. I hate it when she does that. <laughs> 
and he gets a microphone that's just hanging around there, and he gets all the Navy officers to serenade behind him. You've lost that love and feeling. And you know what I like about Tom Cruise is the man can do many things. Singing is not one of them, but he doesn't give a f- when he's getting paid. And guess what? He sells it. Yes, he does. And also, do you realize how many creeps have done this since this movie? What, follow women in the bathrooms after they say no? Well, maybe that, but also try the you've lost that love oh, and feeling yeah. thing. The, the chemistry between Maverick Goose and Slider and Iceman in this scene is great. Yeah, and I, I'm going to bring this up later probably. And because, okay, so I saw Maverick and then I watched the original. Okay, okay. So... The bad guy, not the bad guy, just like the douche of the crew. Oh, yeah. What was his name? I don't know. <laughs> he has like the most, once again, I'm sure you're a great guy. He has the most punchable fucking face. He has army hammer face. Yes. <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer, I thought, since this was this was an absolute, like, see, this was just a re- remake sequel. It's per scene, like, it's not very much different from the original. Yeah. I was like, okay, Val Kilmer's going to be the douche. <laughs> Val Kilmer is just the competition. And I think that's so cool because I never once go, oh, I hate this dude. I was like, no, he's just a fucking professional. And Tom is just reckless and out of control and is going to get somebody killed. And I thought that was such an interesting choice to make Val like like such a great rival, but in the best way. Kelly McGillis, she's actually kind of hot here. I was like, yeah. I, I was like, she's a babe. She looks really good. She's a babe. Yeah. <laughs> then when she leaves the bathroom and walks past Goose and goes, your friend was magnificent. <laughs> like, no way. It was Are such you a good line. <laughs> I was like, okay, she's cool. <laughs> yeah. She's like, all right. She said, no, she's got a boyfriend whatever, but she can hang. Yeah. She got a sense of humor. And then on the first day of class, Charlie is introduced as their instructor. (laughs) Though technically a civilian, she has mastered the flight simulator where she has beaten several actual pilots. Maverick tries to prove her wrong and tells her he is the best pilot and he can outrun MiGs. Charlie is not impressed and says Maverick has to prove it. Iceman comes over to Maverick and asks him who was watching Cougar while Maverick was showboating the MiG. Maverick tells Iceman that Cougar was doing fine, which we know is a fucking lie because <laughs> Maverick had to save his ass during that stunt. This is every teenager's wet dream. Flying jets, hanging in bars and getting with the hot, hot teacher. teacher. <laughs> when I first watched this, I remember really honing in on Goose and Maverick and their expressions and how whenever Maverick say, I Goose like, we, 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 <laughs> I was like, these are, this is a great partnership. Oh, 100%. But now as I've gotten older, I'm watching everybody in the background and Every, all the other flight guys are laughing their asses off this entire time. <laughs> uh, and, of course... What were you doing there? Keeping up foreign relations. Communicating. I was, uh, you know, giving him the bird. You know, the finger. I'm, I'm sorry, I hate I'm it sorry. when it does that. <laughs> Wouldn't have done that with a superior officer, though. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I'm and, wondering if that was the inspiration for uh, Chris Pratt's Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know <laughs> probably how this worked. Well, he was a child of the 80s. Yeah. He would have known that. 100%. Yeah. And uh, Iceman, every chance he gets to get with Maverick on his own, he's just playing mind games with Dude, him. He's a straight killer. He is. He's the Iceman. He, uh, I really wish I remember what that other guy's name was in Maverick. 
I gotta see it. I want to see it again. Oh, I, yeah. I think I'm going this weekend. Hangman. Hangman. Because you'll you. always leave your ass hanging. Yep. In his first exercise, Maverick takes on the school's resident enemy pilot, Jester, and succeeds in outmaneuvering him and shooting him down. But in doing so, he flies below a set minimum engagement altitude, the hard deck, and then compounds his faux pas by buzzing the flight tower at an absurdly low altitude just to show off. Both Maverick and Goose listen while Jester and their commanding officer, Viper, are chewed out by the tower's commanding officer. <laughs> Jester's dead. <laughs> I love the 80s. Yes. God damn, the music is horrible in this. It has, I'm sorry, it just has not aged well in any capacity. There is one, here's the thing. I think it has, but there's one part of it that I went, that's when he wrote that comment. And it's when they go past the mountain, you hear that. And I was like, that's the piece that didn't age. Yep. Because everything else does. For the most part. But that synthesizer chunk right there was like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a period piece now. Also, I have to argue mm. about the hard, um, the, hard, the deck? hard deck bullshit. So the hard deck, for those who have not watched a million Top Gun interviews, wishing <laughs> that he had gone on a different path in life and was a fighter jet pilot flying F-18s and F-36s. The hard deck is meant to simulate the ground. Right. So you don't go below it because that simulates the ground, you crashing and dying. Right. Here's my problem in that instance. The instructor goes below the hard deck first. Yes. So that's bullshit. He should not be doing that either. If he's simulating a dogfight, he should not be allowed to go below the hard deck. I think it was a fair kill. Because what stops you from going, oh, he's got me. Oh, I'm underground. I'm hidden. Now I'm coming back. Well, it's a war game. Yeah. So follow the rules of the war game. Maybe we should say this. There are no rules. Jester, let's just say, Jester cheated, but Jester's not the one getting evaluated. Yes, but I think that's still bullshit. Instructors. You knew the rules of engagement. You knew them. You broke them. You followed Commander Heatherly below the hard deck. (laughs) (laughs) And broke a major rule of engagement. (laughs) Major. (laughs) Uh, Imagine if Jim Carrey was Jester. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Major. Uh, <laughs> now it was Viper that said that. Oh, Viper. Yeah. It was Viper. No, Jester has no personality oh, in this. But what if what if Jim Carrey was Viper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just as we said earlier, the way that they shoot these planes in this scene is awesome. I really I don't know I almost wonder if they shot the flight patterns and then did the story around the flight patterns that they did. Just to save For money. Budget purposes, I don't know though. Yeah. I do like the hitting of the brakes. Jester oh, flies by yeah. and Jester, Jester kind of goes, goes, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to believe that this never happened at this school yeah, before. Is Tom Skerritt one of the most like underrated actors in movies where every time he's on the screen, he's kind of like, yeah, I'll watch now. He's there. <laughs> yeah. Viper's great. He does. I can't think of a one thing he does wrong. Um, at all ever. Yeah. I mean, does he have a range? Look at his movies. He's never really been a leading man. He may have had a couple of roles where he was the lead, but yeah, mostly but he's a side character. And you're just kind of like, oh, I'm glad he's here. He's kind of like Bruce Greenwood, the president from National Treasure. Or any team that has LeBron on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, LeBron. <laughs> he's not in the finals, is he? <laughs> no. 
no, he's not. Someone's closer. <laughs> Celebrating getting Jester, it's pointed out by Slider that they lost because they were below the hard deck. Iceman confronts Maverick of his unsafe attitude with flying, and before the situation can escalate, Jester summons both Maverick and Goose to his office. That's right. Nice. Man, I am dangerous. Then does the teeth chomp. Now kiss him. Kiss him. <laughs> yeah. Skinner! The tower commander goes to talk to Viper first, and the mess cook spills coffee on him a second time. That's twice! <laughs> The Viper tells the Viper. Viper, this is not Game of Thrones. Viper tells Maverick he does not bend the rules, and if Maverick does not follow them, he and Goose will be expelled, and Viper will take their wings. Wouldn't that be bending the rules? As they leave, Charlie is not impressed and has heard everything Viper said about them getting busted. Viper and Jester read Maverick's file, and Viper tells Jester that he flew in Nam with Maverick's father, Duke, who was his wingman. I like the tie-in. No, it's a really nice time. It is. And uh, and it helps also boost, like, Tom's not just, like, a natural. Like, he has a legacy. Yeah. And most of those most of those Top Gun pilots are kids of pilots. And it's building a psychological profile for the guy. Yeah. Because you're seeing now why he's so reckless. Yeah. I think Jester says something like, you know, you can see his fitness report. He's a complete wild card. And uh, would you want to be up there with him? I don't know at this point. Yeah. That's yet to be proven. Yes. <laughs> then they leave and Goose just is like, thanks, Mav. Oh, f***. <laughs> <laughs> then he starts asking about trucker schools. <laughs> I need to find a new career. What's that commercial we saw on TV late last night? <laughs> Truckers are us. I think I may need that. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then this is one of my favorite scenes. Goose confronts Maverick that night and tells him this is no longer about trophies or showing off. They got to graduate so they can support their families. Maverick tells Goose he will not let him down because he's the only family he's got. And this is great because up until this point, it's really been Maverick and then Goose is the sidekick. And this shows they are on an equal ground of respect mm -hmm. with each other. And I think that that's great because they needed that in there. Otherwise, it just looks like when Goose dies, well, you lost your Robin Batman. You can still operate. Yeah. The next day, Charlie and Maverick discuss tactics, and Maverick says he was disappointed that Charlie did not tell him who she was that night at the club. Charlie tells Maverick she does not date students, but she will later regret it when she sends Maverick a note and asks him out for dinner. <laughs> Slider, of course, is eavesdropping, and Maverick tells him it is none of his business, and you stink. <laughs> there is no air conditioning on this base. This room has a, every single scene has a fucking fan in it. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's a real hot, sweaty movie. Yeah, it is. Is San Diego that sweltering? It's cooler than Los Angeles. Okay. Weirdly enough. Is it more inland? No. Okay. It's just cool. Like, it's got, like, microclimates. Like, obviously, if you go more inland, it's hotter. Yeah. But in San Diego itself, yeah. it's cooler than it is Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because of this. San Diego is such a bro town. Oh, really? It is such a just douche town. And yet they lost a football team. <laughs> they don't care about football. <laughs> LA doesn't care about they football. Care about muscle. They care about <laughs> muscles and girls, dude. Uh, he's not screwing around with this instructor, and she's not exactly screwing around either. Hell no, she shouldn't. She's a professional. I mean, she quickly gave him that number. My house, 730 sharp. Don't be late. 
That's what sharp means. I won't. Nope. <laughs> uh, that afternoon, the boys have a volleyball match out on the beach against Iceman, Slider, Hollywood, and Wolfman. <laughs> and we are playing with the boys. <laughs> Maverick and Goose beat Iceman's team, and Maverick tells Goose he has to leave because he's going to be late for his date. Mother Goose, you pussy! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, Val. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, one more, one more. This scene is so iconic, though. Yeah. Uh, you can't play beach volleyball and not, not think about this. Yeah. Everybody has done it. And it, that being said, it is hot as hell outside. Who the hell is playing in their fucking blue jeans? jeans? <laughs> in the sand? Are you, does Tom Cruise have screwed up legs or something? I've never seen him wear shorts in any movie. Maybe it helps him look taller. I don't know. Have you ever seen him wear shorts? Risky business. He ran. He did across this. Yeah, then he just had the shirt in the underwear. Yeah, but has he ever wore shorts in a movie? Well, I have a theory about that. Oh, I'm listening. So I've thought about acting before, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, my tattoos. And I go, I can't think of any movie stars that wear shorts. They always wear pants. I mean, there's obviously movies here and there that wear yeah. shorts. But most of the time, they're wearing pants. Yeah. It doesn't matter what time of the year but even during their like their like love name, scene in this what he's movie shirtless the rock, with blue jeans on. oh yeah what movie has the rock worn shorts oh uh jumanji Jane, maybe jumanji no he wears pants no he's wearing shorts i'll hold the fuck on i'll hold the fuck on manji rock pants motherfucker okay i was wrong painting gain but i'll say this he spent maybe. most of his career in his underwear so i guess that counts He's done his time. <laughs> Look, that's that's a lot to handle on screen. Maverick finally arrives at Charlie's house a few minutes late and excuses himself to freshen up after the volleyball match, but she ain't having it. She's hungry. Maverick and Charlie go on their date, and Charlie asks Maverick about Duke, and Maverick says he does not know much about Duke, his papa, because he went MIA in Nam, and the mission was classified, and nobody knows about the mission except for Viper. They agree to give a relationship a try despite its complicated nature. Give in, give in to your feelings. For how the hell was he late for this? He's driven by his dick. Volleyball, man. Volleyball, the ball's life. And also, can we, I mean, sitting on the dock. Another great song in this. This is one of the most popular soundtracks ever made for a movie. Eh, I only like half of it, so I'm just opinionated. But also. Okay, so I just like typed in greatest movie soundtracks. And on Google, oh. this is what shows up. The <laughs> first one. one is Top Gun. <laughs> Followed by 100 Greatest Movie Songs, Superfly by Curtis Mayfield, Hell and yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a banging soundtrack. That's my number one. It's a banging soundtrack. Purple Rain's on there, Saturday Night Fever. Classic. Yeah. Both but, classics. Yeah, but it's, it's fantastic. I uh, just... Ugh. I'm sorry, I don't like Berlin. <laughs> well, Berlin... It just... It's so bad. It is. It, Take we'll, my breath away! We're going to talk about that in a second. Back at the barracks, Maverick has finished taking another shower, heads into an elevator, and who should be waiting for him? It's Charlie. <laughs> she tells him she doesn't often invite students back. This was not in the original cut. This was a reshoot. Oh. And the reason why she's wearing a ball cap is because her hair was dyed brown for her next movie role. Uh, if that bakes your noodle, the love scene was a reshoot also, which is why it's silhouetted so you wouldn't see her brown hair. They didn't think to film a love scene. They didn't feel it was needed because excuse me, this is an eighties movie. This is an eighties blockbuster. 
There has to be a sex scene somewhere. It was it was added in during reshoots. They called her up, said, hey, can you learn? She goes, well, I can, but my I've hair. dyed my hair now. It's a different style. And so they found ways around it to make it work. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. As goofy, first of all, what I don't like about this scene is that it's not necessary. The elevator scene is completely, because you just went over everything in the scene in the previous scene. Yeah, but I, th- I I like, maybe I just like the visual of the kind of like, okay, we're on base, you know, just a little awkwardness, mm. and they're talking, and they're getting close, and then a superior walks in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that visual. That was a good, it's a good visual, yeah. yeah. And honestly, with a hat on, she's still hot. She's a babe. You put a hat on her, she's still a babe. Still a babe. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I do hope Berlin got paid for every time this movie played their song because they play it like seven times. I mean, I would go so imagine I would go so far as to say that this movie uses this song more than any Kenny Loggins song. Absolutely. I think we hear this more than danger zone. Yeah. Who thought, Oh yeah, this is going to get me pumped up for fighter jets. (laughs) It's not get you, get you fired up for love. Take my breath away. It's not, it's a jet movie. (laughs) Highway to the danger zone. Miracle is a head coach movie. There's no hockey. It's a coach movie. (laughs) It's a coach movie. I really can't. It's about the coach. I can't wait for Mad Max. happens to be a hockey. (laughs) I can't wait for Mad Max when it's just all action. You don't have to worry about any downtime. Exactly. Just Mike Tyson that shit, take an eight ball of Coke, <laughs> throw it into a rolling paper, and smoke that shit. Uh, later, Goose meets up with his wife, Carol, and his son, Rooster. What? what? Who have come to visit them. Goose spills the bean that Maverick is dating Charlie, and Maverick asks him how he how did he find out. How did he find out? He didn't ask him that. Goose tries to back out of it now that the secret's out, and everybody knows Maverick's dating Charlie. Ha, ha, ha. Damn, Meg Ryan, were you ever not cute? Yes. Post-surgery. Yes, not so much now. Unfortunately, post-surgery. Yeah, I got to agree. You're right. Loved her. Yeah. Then she kind of looked like the Joker. She, well, yeah. Jack Nicholson's Joker. From the neck up, didn't do so well. I haven't seen her. I think the last movie I saw her was like that Leopold movie. Kate and Leopold? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know she was in that. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's the one where she like makes a wish or something and the dude from like back in time comes to the future and it's uh, Wolverine. Hugh Jackman? Yeah. I need to see this movie. This sounds fucking it's, psychedelic. It's pretty good. <laughs> I I appreciate it as a movie. In class, Viper gives the boys a maneuver test with Charlie also providing input. Viper shows them that the MiGs are offensive and they have a radar lock and the F-14s are defensive. He tells Maverick when they freeze the image that you need to cut and run or the MiGs will blow you to bits and that Maverick made a bad choice with his selection. Charlie then steps up and shows another move that Maverick did. Maverick causes the MiG to miss and he takes him down with a missile, but Charlie tells Maverick that this stunt was what should not have been done because Maverick was seconds from being shot down during the hop. Damn, no favoritism here. Like she's really overcorrecting. <laughs> yeah, uh, I appreciate it though. She's there doing her job, and Maverick's a wild card and needs to be trusted. They, and they cut out a scene in this. Okay, this might help me because I don't like how this played out. Before they go into the plan of attack, 
They say beforehand that you cannot go head to head with a MIG and fire a missile because it won't get missile lock on the MIGs, Mm -hmm. which is what he does in this. Ah, okay. See, this would have helped, but also he acted like a complete little bitch. Total bitch. And out of nowhere, like man period bitch. Yeah. Leaves, revs his motorcycle when she's talking to him. (laughs) She (laughs) fucking... Takes off after him. Tears ass through San Diego. Diego. <laughs> Car hits, goes off, off the ground. Yeah, like, what the <laughs> fuck? Goes through an intersection with moving cars. This was necessary? This urgency? No. Like, a smart woman like that would have just let him throw his tantrum and be like, wow, I just fucked a child. But she hasn't yet. She the does it after this. What are you talking about? The silhouette. It happens after the car chase. Oh my God. She, Cause that's what she says. I couldn't let anybody know in there that I've fallen for you. Then oh, they kiss. Yeah, and the then you've got the love scene. That is a far cry from basic instinct. The cheese. Um, yeah. So yeah. Brown hair. If you look now, you'll see the brown hair on <laughs> later on. It's funny. Cause in the original synopsis, it says that they make out. They weren't making out. They were, no, no. Uh, just like Cersei and uh, the dude from Eternals. They weren't making out on the beach. They were fucking. Mm. Yeah. Later on the flight, later on the flight line, Maverick and Goose get in their jet, and Goose tells Maverick that Iceman got another one. They are tied with Iceman and Slatter, and to win, they need to win Hop 19. They take off, and now the flight is twice as threatening when they find out Jester has brought Viper up with them. <laughs> just, I love, holy shit, Viper's here. <laughs> I bet they're saying, holy shit, it's Maverick and Goose. Oh my gosh. No, they're not. <laughs> this is where we get the I feel the need for speed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Maverick engages both Jets with Hollywood backing him against Jester and Viper. And then Maverick breaks the cardinal rule by abandoning his wingman to go after Viper. And in doing so, Hollywood is shot down. And then the same fate befalls Maverick when Jester gets on his tail and shoots him down and calls Maverick over the radio and tells him he's dead. Goose rebukes Maverick and tells him what he did was stupid. <laughs> Defense Department regrets to inform you that your sons are dead because they were stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Viper tells him, knock it off and head back to the base. Uh, Quotes galore here. I do love Viper when he's flying, how impressed he is with Maverick. Damn, this kid is good. Yeah, it shows the (laughs) skill level, but it also shows like his recklessness and then he doesn't make the right choices. Yeah. Like but the he, skill level is there. He's kind of coaching him for the pilot. He's like, come on, Mav, come on, push, 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 push it. <laughs> come on, get it, get it, get it. Yeah. And then when Je- you see Jester's plane come right behind him, you're like, Oh, you fell for it. <laughs> Another great looking scene, but I think what's missing from this, because the next, next time that they go up, that's when goose dies. Yeah. They have everything going for Maverick and Goose right now, except for the fact they've never won one of these on the screen. Mm-hmm. They needed to have a win. They needed to have one right before this happens. Yeah, and I feel like they missed an opportunity uh, to do that. Yeah, because at this point, I don't believe that he's tied with Iceman. Yeah, because he's just getting shot down. I haven't seen him win a damn thing yet. No. In the showers, Jester rebukes Maverick and tells him that the next time he goes up, to never abandon his wingman, or they will both get shot down. Iceman adds that Maverick's ego is getting in the way of his flying and causing him to make mistakes. Maverick admits what he did was stupid and he's better than that. And it won't happen again. See Iceman, not a douche, 
He's a rival. He's a conflicting character. But everything he says is right. He's just a fucking professional. You know what I got? I got a, I, I got a, a character metaphor when I saw this. Iceman and Maverick are Obi-Wan and Anakin. Obi-Wan yeah. is Mr. To the rules, proficient, knows everything, and Anakin mm-hmm. is the wild card yep. who will go off book. Yep. But you kind of want them both up there because you see they're a dynamic duo. Yeah, like them as wingmen. Yeah. Perfect. Although they have to get to the next piece where Iceman gets greedy. Yeah. Come on, get out of the way. I got a perfect shot. (laughs) Uh, Maverick pulls out a photo from his wallet, which shows him and Duke shortly before he disappeared and thinks he wants to impress his dad. He's flying against a ghost up there. Later at the bar, Goose is singing great balls of fire and Rooster is there. Oh, little rooster. Little rooster. Singing it. Maverick tells Goose to knock it off before he embarrasses himself, and Carol brings up the day that Maverick buzzed Penny Benjamin. Maverick shrugs it off and goes over to join Goose. Carol then tells Charlie that she has known Maverick for a long time and that hearts are breaking all over the world tonight. Because <laughs> unless you're a fool, that boy's in love. Carol then joins Goose and they sing and it is even worse when Charlie joins them. Later that night, Charlie and Maverick go to the marina. I like seeing little rooster here. Oh, yeah. Especially with the new movie. Yeah. Like, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, yeah, this is an okay scene. But when you see like the kid grow up and then he plays the song too. Right. It's all the feels. It it gets you. All the feels. Hey, Goose, you big dad. That's me, honey. Take me to bed or lose me forever. Show me the way home. Uh, I really wish they didn't kill Goose. I really did. (laughs) Well, then you wouldn't have gotten Maverick. Yeah, you would. No, you wouldn't, because the animosity between Rooster and Maverick wouldn't have been there. Find find another storyline. Hop 31 begins, but now it is three against three, and this time Iceman goes up with them. Maverick, determined to win the school contest, angrily chews out Iceman for taking too long to attack an enemy craft. Maverick takes the shot, but when two aircraft get close, the jet wash from Iceman's jet cripples Maverick's engines, and the F-14 plunges toward the sea. Goose barely succeeds in yanking open the emergency ejection handles, but when the fighter's canopy pops open, the two pilots eject and Goose Goose's, Goose crashes into the canopy head first, killing him. Maverick and Goose are recovered by the Coast Guard, but Goose is declared DOA when they recover him and Maverick. This is such a bummer. This is a bummer. Such a fucking bummer. It's like uh, all the fun just left the room. <laughs> this, uh, the cruel, inti- or not cruel intentions, um, basic instinct. Yeah. The cowboy. Hoss. Hoss. This uh, is like Hoss dying. Was, but no, but Buzz? What was his name? Buck? Buck. Uh, no. What the fuck oh my was God, it? Was Gus. It? Gus. Yeah, no, was it Gus? It was Gus. Gus was the MVP this of the movie. Like, this is like Gus dying. Yes. <laughs> Not Gus. Not Gus. Oh, no, boys. There's they two were O's. just two O's and Goose. Two O's and Goose. <laughs> um, number one problem I have with this, I didn't see a bit of ocean when they were doing this exercise. Well, they were flying. It's it, it's over San Diego. You got to imagine there is ocean there. <sighs> I don't. I Because I saw what you wrote, and I looked up on the map where Miramar was, and I was like... I don't, I don't understand how fast these are going and how much land or how much t- mileage they can take. I can understand why they did it over the ocean, though, because if they land in the desert, it you would not have seen. It wouldn't have been as magnificent. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there was no indication in the previous shot that they were anywhere near water. And in the jet wash, he has no, you don't 
it's just going down. Fair enough. Number yeah. two, and this is just me watching a bunch of Top Gun interviews, <laughs> and this is actually a fascinating fact. You actually, on the backs of your seat, you have two spikes. Yeah. So when, if that canopy thing happens, the spikes hit the glass and shatters it, so that'll never happen. Okay. So they just killed Goose for no reason. Well, they did it for a reason. It is Maverick's story. They need to give him an arc here. It's weed, not He's got it. It's the he's one thing he needs taken away. To, to You're giving him everything. You take away everything take now. Take away Charlie. No, no, you don't take away Charlie. He's going to push Charlie away on his own. He's a narcissist. That's what they do. <sighs> Iceman is just being greedy here. Let's be, let's, it's all on Iceman. It's all Val Kilmer's no, fault. It's not Val It's all Val's fault. Bat, uh, bat nipples. No. <laughs> I do wonder how they filmed the ejection in real time, though. Because it's a slow-mo shot. There has yeah. to be a dummy in there. Oh, absolutely. I read but, somewhere that when they lift him out of the water, you see his arm go up to scratch his chest. And in the in, in this little thing, they said, yes, arm goes up because he's not dead yet. He dies later. Uh, and I thought, well, I never saw that. I just assumed he was dead, 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 dead. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a mistake and they tried to, you know, retrofit an idea in there. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of want to look again to see, does he go up to scratch his chest when he's dead on accident? <laughs> like, that's funny. <laughs> uh, also, fun fact, because yeah. I was like, what the fuck is all the green stuff? Sea dye. So that rescuers know. I figured, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool detail. I didn't. They killed a that. squid! So, yeah, they landed <laughs> on the giant squid! It was that damn octopus from Goonies that finally inked. showed up. <laughs> uh, but- <laughs> Such a bad edit. Job. Tell us about the octopus. Okay. Oh, it was really b- <laughs> not even trying to do short round. Jeez, I cracked myself up. Viper tries to comfort Maverick and tells him stuff like this happens. And when he flew with Duke and Numb, they lost eight planes in their squadron and ten pilots were killed. Viper then tells Maverick to let Goose go and he will be a, he will assign him a new Rio. It's kind of harsh in his delivery, but it is the truth. And at this level, I kind of expect this kind of advice. At this level. At this level, it's the final stages of the Top Gun, the best of the best. Yeah. Like, you're going to either do it or you're not. You got to be able to handle this if you're going to be the best of the best. Yeah. But it's pretty fucking harsh. It just, <laughs> it just happened. It just happened. <laughs> Charlie offers to help Maverick to find out what went wrong and to present her evidence to the Board of Inquiry and tells him she will be there if he needs him. Maverick then packs up Goose's belongings and keeps his tags. He then confronts Carol and Rooster and tells them Goose is dead and that Carol is now a widow. Carol tells Maverick it was not his fault and Goose would have flown anyways despite the problems. Meg Ryan bringing the emotional heat to this scene. Like, you can't look at her face and not feel bad when you're watching this. Oh, I know. It was very well played with them doing the whole piano bit, and she's happy and giggly. And oh, yeah. Just the complete opposite of what's happening now. I Maybe this is like when Meg Ryan you know, showed her range after when Harry met Sally. Like, I can do this, and I can, and I can do this. I can do this, too. Yeah. Put me in, like, three or four romantic comedies now with Tom Hanks. Okay. Maverick is, defi- <laughs> Maverick is devastated by Goose's death. Uh, though an inquiry clears him of wrongdoing his confidence is destroyed Maverick is then teamed with Sundown (laughs) as his replacement Rio but he loses it and bugs out on the ground Maverick slugs Sundown (laughs) I will fire when I'm good and goddamn ready (laughs) was that the was that his helper or his assistant in um or not his assistant but the black dude in Maverick 
Because no, he had the glasses, it too. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. I wish it was. I think that would have been a cool tie-in also that he was there along with uh-huh. him. I think that would have been cool. And that he, because I think that guy is in a higher position than Maverick is. Because Maverick is just a fighter. In the, in the movie in, in, Maverick. In Top Gun Maverick, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. He, Sundown would have chosen no, the No, he would have gone up. up. Whereas Maverick was like, no, I'll stay where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Sundown's not wrong. No. The dude wants to win too. And he's sitting there going, dude, it doesn't look any better than that. <laughs> um, yeah. He's, I mean, just, he's shook. Yeah. He's like Pecorine after he gets shot on. Just gets <laughs> shook. <laughs> Soft serve. Uh, Viper and Jester take notice and are concerned Maverick has lost it. Iceman then comes down to the locker room and apologizes to Maverick for the accidental death. And Wolfman calls Charlie and tells her Maverick quit. Now, before this, I should say, when he does the inquiry in front of the, the uh, officers, there's a, I really like the scene where Viper leans over to Jester and says, get him back up in the air as fast as possible. Cause Viper knows if he doesn't get him up he's now, gonna, he's, he's losing, losing him forever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just like, this is, he's a master teacher. He just knows how to get the most out of this dude. Yeah. Um, and this is a, I put here, this is a really mo- important montage of events. He's been a dangerous pilot the whole time for his risk taking. He knows it. And although this isn't his fault, he still takes it on. This is him being vulnerable. Finally, he's seen bulletproof. Now he's not. He's got to find a new way. He's going to start to play by the rules now. He's not. He's no. He would have taken that shot. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, but sometimes he's like, ah, it's not right. Not right. Charlie later confronts Maverick in the pilot lounge and tells him it was not his fault. And she presented her findings to the board of inquiry. She admits flying is dangerous and stuff like this happens. And she also tells Maverick he needs to let Goose go. Everybody's telling him this. Charlie says her goodbyes and heads back to the Pentagon because she was going to leave for Washington anyway. When did that come up? It didn't. She doesn't fraternize with students. So they threw the elevator scene in there, but they couldn't do a reshoot of that? Yeah. (laughs) Sex. Cute. Motive. Two different things. It is kind of a dick move that he's just going to leave, though. Like, the night before, he was, like, great balls of firing. Uh, Yeah, but he's going to carry that on for most of his life. Yeah. Except she's never really mentioned in Maverick, is she? No, Jennifer Connelly. What? He does that to Jennifer Connelly. What are you talking about? The is all great balls of fire and then leaves. Right, but... He never mentions Charlie in Top Gun Maverick. Well, no, he just carries that pattern on to... Oh, okay. Yes. I thought you meant he carries his feelings of Charlie with him. No, no, no. Carries the pattern. Okay. Yes. Yes, he does. Which, Although, he sticks the landing with Penny. Eventually. Yeah. He doesn't stick it with Charlie. No, but he. But how many tries did it take to get to the final stick? <laughs> Sorry, how many attempts did it take... <laughs> How many licks did it take to Got get to that Tootsie Pop? <laughs> How many licks does it take to get to the middle of the Tootsie Pop? To the pop? center of that Tootsie Pop. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite scene in the movie. This upcoming, it's not a fighter shot. This is my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Maverick later goes to talk to Viper at his house. And the truth about Nam comes out. Viper tells Maverick that Duke was not MIA. He was shot down and killed by the enemy and his plane was never found. And the Pentagon classified the mission to cover it up and did not tell him at the time because he was not ready. Duke did manage to bag three planes before the honchos got him. Viper then gets Maverick his scores and tells him to come back. Maverick nonetheless graduates from Top Gun and is reassigned to the Enterprise. Um, 
There's a reason why Viper is dressed in white. He is the ghost of his father at this point. And this is like him having a conversation with his father. That is nice. Yeah. And he's very frank with him, but he's also much more supportive than he was in the bathroom earlier. when I was like, dude, get over it. <laughs> uh, this is him. And I, I do like it. His family knows who Maverick is. They're like, hey, yeah. Maverick. Hey, Pete. Come How's on in, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's just a, it's a great scene because I do feel like this is his talk with his father that he never got to have. Yeah. And uh, how many rules did he break telling Tom that? Well, yeah. And uh, also, I t- uh, what are my options? Well, you you could you have enough points to have graduated, or you can quit. <laughs> it's that simple. Like you can show up or not. Yeah. Uh, but I also like the fact that Maverick has always a pattern when he's talking with superior officers of being incredibly respectful. He's yeah. very yes, sir, no, sir here. And you almost feel like this is not something that's just learned in flight school or learned in the Navy. This is something that he, even his father instilled in him when he was growing up. Yes, sir. No, sir. It's that ingrained. It's that natural for him. Uh, so this is, this is my favorite scene of the movie. This is my, and I was just say right now, this is my number one on my top three. Okay. Uh, Cause without this scene, I don't think you can connect the dots between what's happened before and him showing up to the graduation later on. Yeah, I think unless it was like something to do with like talk to me, Goose. Right. This is what gets him back in. Yeah. Uh, During the commencement, Sundown asks Chipper where Maverick is. Maverick does show up, but only watches as Iceman and Slatter get their names engraved on the Top Gun trophy. Bastards. Viper then comes over and tells the (laughs) boy. They earned it. (laughs) Viper then comes over and tells the boy the party's over and to put on their flight suits and head to the Enterprise immediately. Viper tells Maverick to report to Stinger once he arrives and he will be assigned as Rio once he is on board. By the way, Maverick, if you can't find somebody to fly with you, I'll fly with you. Oh. (laughs) His dad's going to fly with with him. him. (laughs) It's just, it's his father. Goose. Oh. Oh, talk to me, Goose. <laughs> talk to me, Dad. <laughs> Use the force, Goose. <laughs> I mean, that kind of did happen. Maverick, had- you turned off your targeting computer. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just not working. Come on, man. Come on, man. Too late. I'm taking a free shot. Uh, <laughs> Fucking uh, Steph Curry's that shit. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> On the Enterprise, 24 hours later, Stinger briefs them on the mission. The communications ship SS Leighton has wandered into enemy territory and is being attacked by enemy MiGs who are armed with anti-ship missiles and intend to sink it and seize its data. Stinger sends up Iceman and Slider as part of Voodoo Flight with Hollywood and Wolfman as their wingmen. Maverick will lead Ghost Rider Flight with the rest of the pilots on Alert 5. Maverick is getting Merlin, the guy he saved at the very beginning. Trust, trust, Trust. This is what Maverick is craving. And by the way, hey, Tim Robbins, I, did you have a nice time between your scenes? Because you weren't in the rest of this movie. <laughs> Just bookends this motherfucker. <laughs> Which is a shame because Tim Robbins is a good actor. I wonder if he was in more and he just got cut. Well, I he's on the Enterprise as one of the flight people there. He wasn't good enough to go to Top Gun. Because mm-hmm. it could only send one tandem. Yeah. But that being said, Merlin was part of that tandem. It was Cougar and Merlin. <laughs> Merlin got screwed. <laughs> Nobody likes Merlin. Should it have been Maverick and Merlin that went? 
Who knows? Really? I don't know. Who yeah. Knows, really? Iceman in Hollywood. It's magic, are, baby. <laughs> spirited away, are we? <laughs> Merlin is magic, baby. I'm your Huckleberry. Iceman in Hollywood. Oh, that's Val Kilmer. <laughs> hey. I'm your Huckleberry. Iceman in Hollywood are launched to intercept a pair of MiGs, but are jumped by four additional enemies. Holy shit. Hollywood is shot down, and Iceman is hopelessly surrounded when Maverick is launched, now with Merlin and his Rio. Maverick quickly arrives at the scene of battle, but is surrounded by the enemy, and when he flies into one plane's jet wash, his own fighter briefly stalls out, and though he regains control, he flashes back to Goose's death and breaks off, leaving Iceman, who has long doubted Maverick's courage after Goose's death. Trapped as Merlin desperately and furiously yells at Maverick to get back into battle. Don't you go cougar on Merlin again. This dude can't take this shit. <laughs> Every time Maverick flies with him, there's a fucking problem. There's a reason Iceman won. When I was younger... I used to think that Maverick was more battle tested and that Iceman and Slider were just students. And when they went up there, they had to bring Maverick in because he's already been in these types of battles before. Mm. And it wasn't until later. I was like, no, all these guys fly in different places. They were just brought in, but I like my narrative better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is one of my bottom three. Oh, before this scene. Yeah. This, like, three-quarter section of the movie, Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry, with your favorite scene, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. Yeah. And it is a very good scene. Don't you turn off that record button. I'm not. (laughs) That was boring as fuck. It was so slow. (laughs) Nothing was happening. You took all the adrenaline out of me. It you puts, just hate the downtime in movies, put, don't you? No, I am. I am. <laughs> I can watch a slow burn movie, but you have to give me a reason to watch it. This put my aunt to sleep. Look at that. He's making me cry. It was so boring. <laughs> Reiterate it again. Go for it. Um, <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> I'm bored now. I don't understand why. You're, what, what, what was boring about that? No, it's it's. After Goose's death, yeah, they just lingered on it for too long, and then there was so there was it was just. Bleh. I thought they gave it its due. It was like fucking thirty minutes. It was so long. Yeah, it felt like thirty minutes. You thought Men was an hour. <laughs> Shit flew by, dude. <laughs> it was two hours. It was wild. Um, Maverick re-engages after a whispered sentence of talk to me, Goose, when he grasps Goose's dog tags and manages to destroy several of the enemy MiGs and drive off the last two. He uses that brake maneuver from before. No, yeah. Yeah. No. And he is not leaving his wingman ever again. No. And he's just <laughs> dropping those jets out of the sky. It's great. Just literally cranes and explosions and dropping them straight down. <laughs> I see what you're doing now. And I don't like it. <laughs> No, I mean, I get it. You can't just... ugly thing to say. You can't just, you know, blow up a jet at, what, 50 miles an hour? Sorry, 500 miles an hour? You can probably, but for the shot, it's just not going to work. That man is playing Galaga. (laughs) Thought we wouldn't notice. But we did. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) It's a well-placed sound. Maverick Smoke and mirrors, guys. (laughs) Welcome to the movie factory. Maverick returns to the ship. He and Iceman buzz the bridge on a parade pass to celebrate their victory and again dumping coffee into Johnson's lap. This poor guy. When the Jets returned, maybe he should stop wearing his whites. How about that? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) When the Jets returned. Or time his coffee better. 
Put a put a cap on it. Put a cap on it. Put a sippy cup on it. Clearly, nobody's enforcing the rules of buzzing the tower around here. No. Uh, when the jets return to the carrier, they're greeted with cheers and applause from the crew. After Maverick and Iceman exchange their form of thanks, Maverick throws Goose's tags off the back of the ship, showing that he has never played baseball in his entire life, because that is <laughs> not a good throw. Showing he successfully was able to let him go. And this scene is all the explanation you need for the sequel movie 36 years later. I might have missed that. Well, when he says, when Iceman and him make up, Yep. You need that making up for what's going to happen 36 years later. Oh, I thought you meant the dog tags, throwing the dog tags. No, no, okay. no. I was like, I don't remember dog tags. Although, in Top Gun Wait, Ma- didn't he have the dog tags? In Top Gun Maverick, didn't he have the dog tags oh, on there? he did have the dog tags. He had the dog tags. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> they uh, jump back in the water. They should have done a reshoot of him to go, oh, wait a oh, second. Oh, wait, no, Goose. <laughs> Jumps back. Did I point that out? Now I want to see if they have it. Uh, um, Offered any assignment he chooses, Maverick decides to return to Top Gun as an instructor. But I thought only those that earned the title of Top Gun could come back as instructors. I thought he was Top Gun. He wasn't. Val, Iceman and Slider won. No. Well, Top Gun isn't just... Oh, I thought Top Gun, the school was, if you graduate... You graduate? No, he graduated from Top Gun School. He Iceman was just the leader in the top spot. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Top Gun School. That makes more sense because I yeah. was like, they'd run out of people to instruct. <laughs> uh, which obviously he gets kicked out of after like what two years? Does he get kicked out or does he leave on his own? He gets kicked out, I think. I thought he left because he just knew he wasn't a teacher. Oh, maybe that. It was yeah. after like two months, wasn't it? Like he was there oh, for two months. Silly like that. Yeah. At a bar at Miramar, Maverick and Charlie reunite. Well, for a night or two. She ain't returned to the franchise. <laughs> that is all, folks. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a tomato meter reading of 60%, nine fresh, and six rotten. The critics on average gave this one a 6.8 out of 10. The critics' consensus says, quote, though it features some of the most memorable and electrifying aerial footage shot with an expert eye for action, Top Gun offers too little for non-adolescent viewers to chew on when its characters aren't in the air. Well, it's not for non-adolescents. <laughs> it's for adolescents. <laughs> okay, let's let, let's see if you agree with these bad people here. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times says, The dog fights are absolutely the best since Clint Eastwood's electrifying aerial scenes in Firefox, but look out for the scenes where the people talk to one another. <laughs> I might have to agree. Oh, that's harsh. Watch out for that first. It's in <laughs> uh, Paul Atanasio of the Washington Post says the movie in short hits emotional marks, but it does so with such insistence that it feels less like real life than an object lesson in the architecture of the blockbuster. It is a blockbuster. It is a blockbuster. And Dave Kerr of Chicago reader, every moment is hyped for maximum visual and visceral impact, but Scott doesn't display the slightest bit of interest in the actual characters and situations. I don't feel that way at I all. I completely disagree. I feel like disagree. the characters were really invested in. Absolutely. Yeah. Dave Kerr, you're an idiot. Roger Ebert, I agree. The dialogue is clunky. <laughs> it's definitely. There's some, there are some lines where e, I've watched this movie a hundred times. I still don't know what the hell they meant. You got to have carnal knowledge of a lady this time on the premises. What the f*** does that mean? Is he just going to hit on a girl? I don't. I still can't even. What? It's from the bar scene. No, I know, but I'm still trying to figure out, like, what? 
Yeah, I don't know. Don't get it. Uh, the audience score is a 4.1 out of 5 with 83% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. But the movie's over. Were you entertained? And I'm going to say, damn straight. I was. <laughs> yeah. I've seen Archer. Away. I'm going to mention Archer later. <laughs> well, let's figure out whether this movie got it right and whether this movie is worth your time or not. Okay, at the Academy Awards, it got four nominations and one win, and that win was for your favorite song, Take My Breath Away, for Best Music. This is the first time I've ever written a note <laughs> no. next to any of these awards. What's that say? This is this is along with, uh, what, uh, what was it, Cindy Crawford, Goonies? Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Don't diss Cindy Crawford. Sorry, not Cindy Crawford. <laughs> um... Good enough. This is for you. <laughs> this makes the song so much worse. Which one would you rather listen to on a repeat loop? <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> stick an ice pick in my ear. You ain't Sharon Stone with an ice pick? <sighs> that'd be a way to go. Yeah, that'd be a, that, <laughs> No, I've already addressed. If that's the way I go, that's the way I go. But here's the thing. When you look at this, the other this songs song that are Somewhere it's... Out There by an American Tale is a great song. I don't know that one. Somewhere out there. Oh, the Grinch song. Yeah. No. Uh, mean Green Mother from Outer Space from Little Shop of Horses is a great song. <laughs> yes, it is. And Glory of Love by Peter Cetera in the Karate Kid Part 2 is a great song. Yes, it is. It is way better. All of these are better than... But I know why this won. Why did it win? It won because... All those other songs were played one time in the movie. This was part of the soundtrack. Ugh. <laughs> God, it was a mistake. It was like when uh, was Celine Dion went for Titanic, when they just kept playing that song over and over no, again. No, it's because that song is amazing <laughs> and gives me chills every time. It was that keychain hits. It was nominated for Best Effects. Sound effects editing, but Aliens won. Yeah, you got to give it to Aliens. I was going to say. Uh, best film editing, but Platoon won. Platoon, easy. And best sound, Platoon won. Woo! Yep. Uh, now the Surprise, Golden... Aliens didn't win. I know. Yeah, but, you know, Platoon's on Earth. Aliens is... <laughs> Golden Globes, you got two nominations for best original song. It won for that. Oh, <laughs> But it also was nominated for best original score. For Harold Faltermeyer, but the Mission Ennio Morricone one. I don't know if I know that one. Yeah. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors was nominated for that also. That should have won. That should have won. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll get, we'll get to that around Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on to the next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. Let's talk about our highlights and lowlights. I'll start. Number three, highlight, great soundtrack. I think it's a great soundtrack. Okay? <laughs> I do. I think it's fucking fantastic. Uh, Kenny Loggins, Cheap Trick. Uh, Berlin. <laughs> F- off. The Mi- not, you can't even Miami put Sound Machine, Loverboy, um, Jerry Lou Lewis, The Righteous Brothers, you're Otis gonna Redding. Both, you're going to put Otis Redding, Jerry Lee Lewis, and The Righteous Brothers in with Berlin. One of them won an Oscar. Who? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't watch the fucking Oscars. Okay, my number two, the flight scenes are amazing. And 36 years later, they still look amazing. 
Uh, and my number one, I'm a fan of the Viper scene with Maverick at Viper's house. I think it's a very important scene. I think it's what was needed to, when they keep mentioning his father, now you get a proxy for his father. Sam, what are your highlights? Number three, this movie is 80s as fuck. <laughs> it is 80s as fuck in all the best ways. It transports me to that time. For most of the soundtrack is okay. Intolerable and good and great. It's fantastic. Yeah, okay, sure. The soundtrack is like something you you smell and you're like, oh, oh God, I like it. I don't, but why? I don't know why I like it. You like it because it hypes you up. Highway to the Danger Zone. Yes. Yes. Playing with the boys. Playing with the boys. Yes. Take my breath away. No, no, that's the stupidest fucking song and the worst. Like, how could you play? How could you pick that fucking song for this movie? That's the stupidest fucking choice. I wonder what else was like thought of. Like, who, who, who said, "Let's get Berlin." Like, uh, this was no. This was wait. When was Motley Crue? When did Molly Crew come out or Guns N' Roses? Was this just a couple years later? Well, Guns N' Roses was the late 80s. Okay, so this was Guns yeah. N' Roses was after. Yeah, Motley Crue was early. It was like 84, 85. I think that's when yeah. it started. So if they had Kickstart My Heart, holy shit. Okay, but you got the engine going. The brown, jets flying. I prefer danger. Jets fucking doing barrel rolls. Are you kidding me? You know where I would put that that song? I'd put it when he's on his motorcycle driving to Miramar. I think it looks works so much better with like a barrel roll or something. No danger zone. Barrel roll. Danger zone. Well, you got the danger zone in multiple parts, but like to have like. One fight scene just. Okay. Number two, this is a really, <laughs> really fun movie. Yes. It is. Even though the. Keep going. <laughs> well, I'm, get, I'm giving a. Okay. This is such a fun movie, even though the, th- like the three quarter mark of this movie is boring as fuck. Uh, and number one. Yeah. The fighter jets are so fucking cool. The shots are so sick. You can't believe it's 86. No. You really can't. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. It was so well done, so well shot. After almost, oh my God, is that almost 40 years? Yeah, 36 years. Yeah, 36 years. It still looks Bitchin. It still looks amazing. Yeah. They don't even fly F-14s anymore, and it still looks no. good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Time for the bottom three. Time to vent. The car chase is fucking bonkers. <laughs> okay. Um, that's my number three. My number two, the elevator scene is ultimately pointless. Everything they talked about in the elevator, they've already established in the previous scene. And my number one, they could have used one more war game with Goose and Maverick. Maybe one where they finally got it right and won. That'd be great. And then you kill Goose. Sam, you're up. <laughs> so here's the deal. <laughs> I know my number three was the 80s f***ing the soundtrack. is like, for the most part, I think it was cool. 
but it is so cheesy. There's so many cheesy parts. This hasn't aged well. No. It, this movie has not aged well. The music has definitely not aged well, except for a select few that okay. still gets you hyped the f*** up. Number two, I've said it once. I've said it twice. I've said it three times. The three four, the three quarter mark of this movie after Goose dies is so boring. It put my aunt to sleep. Oh god! <laughs> and it damn near put me to sleep. Okay. Number one, the music. It's just so outdated. It's it pulls me out. I'm so, wait. Am I feeling something? You are. I'm feeling something. <laughs> it's outdated <laughs> to hell. <laughs> there's just the crescendo. <laughs> <laughs> there are outdated oh songs. There are outdated songs. I have to admit that there oh are outdated God, songs. There are. Berlin is not a great song. It but just isn't. Notice how. I just have a problem with the music in the three-quarter mark. Yeah. Because everything else whips. No, you're right. Look, this ain't a perfect movie. I think we both agree it's not a perfect movie yeah, at this yeah. point. Uh, and we're going to talk about that now. Yeah. It is time for our critics rating. C is average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. If the movie receives all Fs, it's heading to the movie planet Global Killer uh, with Solo and Star Wars Story. Now, what do you give 1986's Top Gun in the war military movie genre by today's standards? Sam, you get to go first because I nominated this. Though it features some of the most memorable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do that. <laughs> but I really feel like he nails that. He just nails it. Um, God damn, this movie is shot so well. Mm -hmm. The cast's chemistry is so damn good. Some of the writing is a little out there, but it fits the vibe. Yeah. It fits the movie. The only issues I had were, you know, some outdated shots and technology, just the special effects weren't there, but the jet shots hold up after almost 40 years. Yeah. The yeah, chemistry holds up after 40 years. Tom Cruise looks the same after almost 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> he still hasn't grown an inch. No. After 40 years. He's still 5'7". <laughs> with shoes. <laughs> Tall shoes. Tall shoes. Um, oh, it's just such a fun movie. I almost, like, whenever somebody asks me about blockbusters, this movie always came into my head. Mm. Now it's Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> um, the right, just, it's such... It, this blockbuster, it fits. I like, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just, it, it is, it is top gun. Yes. Like it is a jet fighter movie about jet fighter pilots and the competition. And there's not really a rivalry, but you love the characters and there's that student rivalry. But the cool thing is nobody's really like a douche or a prick or dangerous. That person is Maverick. Yeah. He's the problem. He's the problem. Yeah. And, and he's the see, solution. And you see him evolve and it's, I, I can't bring Maverick into this because it's Top Gun. I know. <laughs> um, but because actually, because it is a continued story, what happens here has to affect the other movie. So what happened in the other movie has to be affected see, by this. Yeah, and you've seen that evolution, which is huge for a yeah. blockbuster movie because it's usually just explosions, Michael Bay, my motorcycle through glass. America! 
Fuck yeah! Exactly. <laughs> so, by today's standards, yes, this movie is super enjoyable. It is still a classic blockbuster, but it's still a C. It's average for it a is, war movie. It is average for a war movie. That's a that's a six out of twelve. Okay, my turn. I was not going to do this, but I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this because of your fucking C. Hit me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start by saying that you can say whatever you want about Tom Cruise. He's quirky, believes in some weird shit, and is perhaps not the most stable guy in his personal life. But the guy knows how to make movies people actually enjoy in mass. And this movie is one that serves as a mile marker in his career. He broke out in risky business. Three years later, he grew up in Top Gun. Top Gun has some dialogue issues, sure. It feels a little too juvenile at times, I'll agree. But every guy who watches this at some point during the movie says to themselves, this is the life. It harnesses our inner child. Is this movie's audience kind of skewed towards dudes? Yeah, there's chick flicks and there's dude flicks. There's a dude flick. Yeah, the volleyball scene is cringy. But be honest, if you've ever played volleyball on the beach with your friends, you've kind of thought about this scene and snickered. Tony Scott kills it with the way he films the aviation scenes. I mean, it's hard to find movies that do it as well as this and still have a compelling story and characters to use on the ground. The soundtrack is a time capsule of the 80s, but it is clearly beloved. Even the TV show Archer uses the term Danger Zone (laughs) as a reference to this movie. Kenny Loggins was made for 80s movies. Footloose, Caddyshack, Top Gun, to name a few. Harold Faltermeyer provides a somber yet confident orchestral piece that romanticizes the Navy and equally enhances the scenes of contemplation. Now, this is for the war military pantheon, and I do have an issue with some of the insubordination that happens between the fighter pilots and their superior officers, and I'll ding it a point or two for that. And I wrote this before I realized that they were never superior officers. I have to give the point back because of the little things that the wild card Maverick does that you don't really notice. Whenever he is around them, it's always yes sir, no sir, and the only one he gets truly testy with is Charlie, and she's just a fucking civilian. Now, there are a few movies that inspire as this does. Jaws inspired people to be afraid of going into the water. People are still afraid of the ocean, simply because of Jaws, and that was some 50 years ago. This movie inspired people to join the Navy. It made the military, this branch specifically, look awesome and fun. This movie is really a good commercial for becoming an aviator for the Navy. Overall, I have to give this movie an A-. minus. It's a near-perfect movie, and the only thing in my mind keeping it from being perfect is the reshot scenes being included instead of one more war game that would have given Goose and Maverick a win before Goose's death. Take my breath away. (laughs) You can't make me listen. (laughs) I turned it down. It's off now. So that's a near perfect movie for a war military movie. Yes, it is. Is it the Godfather? No, Look, but is it better than the hunt for red October by a country mile? I just need to rewatch that. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, it's an average of our grades. Yeah. Yeah. So it averages out to a B minus, which is not below the hunt for red October. Yeah. I'm still not upset with that score, though. What do you mean? With a B minus average. I think that fits in the percentile. You're you're upset with that score? No, I said I'm not upset with that score. Yeah. It fits in with the percentiles. Yeah. So an 8.5, that's a 8.5 out of 12. That's a B minus. And so it's stuck in between the Hunt for Red October and 
Thank God it's above behind enemy lines. That movie's just a shit show. Until I give him my review. It, dude. No. <laughs> I'm just going to let like you know like right I now. Like I said, it could be horrible. I could be like. I, here's the thing. I gave it a D plus. JC Yee. gave it a D. <laughs> I think it's the first time he's ever scored lower than you. It actually was. Because during <laughs> that one, we talked about it and. Uh, I he he said actually I remember he goes I think this is the first time I've ever scored something lower than you. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> if it wasn't that, it was a uh, Lost World. Lost World was the other one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but okay. Critics hats off. Do you love this movie? You like this movie? You're not above. I love this movie. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect. You film. said it was not a damn near perfect film. I said it may not be a perfect film, but it's a great movie. Let's see. What did you say? It's a near perfect. Yeah. I said it's near. I didn't say it is perfect. Then I said it may not be a perfect film. In what way are those contradicting statements? You and your words. I know. Teacher man. It's almost as though I read. (laughs) Shut up. I like this movie. Yeah. I like it. You love Maverick though. Oh my God. I love top Ma- dog, gun, top, top maverick gun, top maverick <laughs> top dog top gun maverick bottom maverick <laughs> well that's that's a spinoff um in the navy <laughs> top gun maverick fixes all my issues great it did what it was supposed to do yeah it fixed every one of my issues did it fix it or did it explain it later on because you know, it's, it's kind of like when you look at... No, as far as a film structure and oh, okay. how the film operates gotcha. as a whole, it fixed all the issues. Okay. The music is better. They brought back the good songs. Danger Zone. Yes. Falter Meyer. Yes. No Take My Breath Away. No Take My Breath Away. No. Um, I like it. I don't know I would ever put it on ever again. Top Gun? Top Gun. Even if you're watching it in tandem with Maverick? I would probably not watch this movie again on my choice. I mean, I'll agree with you on this. I think Top Gun Maverick is a better movie than this is. Oh, by is a huge improvement. Yeah. And this wasn't a this is not a bad movie. I don't my grade. No. It's not a bad movie. But I would also give Top Gun Maverick an A minus. Oh, yeah, I don't, it's not a perfect movie. I think there's only one war movie that I would give an A to. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it's the only one I can think of. Yeah. A Bridge Too Far? I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. It's a, I mean, it's one of the older Hexaw, ones. Uh, Hexaw Ridge with Garfield? I was not Garfield. a big fan of that movie. You know what? I wasn't a fan of it either, but then I realized after watching it, I think I had PTSD at the end, which gave me the experience of being in war. That last scene hey, in that, that movie, holy shit. That works. That works. 310 of Yuma? I don't think I've seen it. Clint Eastwood did that, I think. Okay. It was another big, like, Oscar one. Yeah. Bridge Over River Kwai. Mm-hmm. Um, Platoon. Platoon's Platoon. got to be up there. Oh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. that's Apocalypse Now is probably the perfect war movie. It's the only war movie I can think of that is so blatantly... War is so outrageous. What was the Kubrick movie? No, Kubrick did one with with uh, the drill sergeant, Arlie Ermey. Yeah, it it wasn't Apocalypse. Full Metal Jacket. 
Ah, uh, yeah. That's Ooh, that's a damn near perfect. Yeah, damn those perfect. are movies that I think are better than this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are A's. It's better than Top Gun Maverick. This is just underneath it. In my eyes. Okay. That's how I looked at it. Um, and Top Gun Maverick is an A minus also. I'm going to tell you right now, when we do that a year from now, and we will do that movie, uh-huh. the only thing I'm dinging for that movie for is the number of repeated scenes in that movie that did not need to be repeated. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was, follows the exact I mean, same structure. It was just, it was the equivalent of The Force Awakens. Very much so. I agree. They didn't take any risks, but, you know. And I give The Force Awakens an A minus also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about it with Miracle, actually, how formulaic is, or it's, there's a reason why it's formulaic. It works. It works. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all we got time for today. Next show, we'll be looking at Black Widow for 2021. Uh, Steve and I did that one already. That's already in the can, so that's done. Uh, and just just a little preview of this one. Uh, we're not too high on Black Widow. <laughs> we are. I'm high on Yelena. Shit. Not, oh, I'm high on her. But just a preview for everybody out there. Uh, this movie ain't going to get a C. It's gonna it doesn't be, deserve a C. <laughs> it's one of the lesser Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, but after that, we head to dystopian future and begin our Mad Max retrospective where I'm expecting out of the four movies... Cinema greatness. Sam to give at least two A's. Oh, well, if you're including Fury, uh, Fury Road, then absolutely you're getting two A's. Yeah. Yeah, buckle up, because four Mad Maxes in a row. I know. Hey, I'm for it. You set the schedule. I'm for it. Uh, Any last words, Sam? Oh, my God. I forgot we were still doing it. (laughs) This is all going to be on the back end of the show. (laughs) I've got a need. A A need need for speed. speed. And that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Happy movie watching. See you. So I rewatched South Park. I told you, and when sometimes when I remember to do it, if I meet somebody new, they go, "Hi, how are you doing?" I go, "I'm super. Thanks for asking." <laughs> In the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, wasn't there a gas crisis or some shit? In '86, no, that was in the uh, 70s. late '70s. Okay, yeah. No. How much was gas in '86? In '80, I don't because I remember in '94. Five-ish. Are we going to talk politics? Let's go with the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I've, I've, like in 95, I remember seeing, and I could be wrong, I remember seeing like a $1.89. 
Oh, it was cheap in the mid eighties. No, in ninety five when I was a kid. Okay. I think like a dollar eighty nine. Yeah. Like I'd rarely see it go up to two bucks. Now it's four dollars and eighty nine cents. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. In fact, on my twenty first birthday, uh, I was taken to a piano bar. And they got me on the piano and they had all those, all the ladies come up and sing this song to me for my 21st birthday. What? Yeah. I may have a picture of it somewhere around here. Uh, That's the greatest. It's one of my thing that could have ever happened. It, it It's fantastic. I was just like, this is the greatest day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, let's get all the ladies up here to sing. You've lost that love and feeling. They all, there was like, I would say 25 of them came up, got on the stage and they were on their knees singing to me. And I was just like, I, 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 could, could, I could die right now and I'd be okay with it. Exactly. Uh, wow. Try to find this picture because I know I've got it. See, <laughs> back in the day, we had these things called photo, photo albums. <laughs> what the fuck is that? This you're not swiping, you're turning. I know, what? It's, a, it's an odd concept, but it works. Are those screens? Let's see. This is, oh, this is one of the pictures. That's when they got me on the piano. That was Rod telling everybody to get up here and sing to me. There it is. My 21st birthday. Oh, man. <laughs> and that's where I met uh, one of my girlfriends <laughs> at the time. <laughs> you fucking stud, you. I had moments. My goodness. There is a life before this bald head. My goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a time. It, you know, when you're young, dumb, and full of cum, it all works. <laughs> <laughs> now, life's hard when my dick isn't. Great name, too. Oh. Although my favorite Hell, one was... I wish my call... Like, if I had a call name, Hangman would be great. My favorite call sign in the movie was Bob. Bob. <laughs> oh, no. What's your, like, call sign? Like, Bob. Bob. Did we ever get an explanation for it? Uh, I, th I think we did. I think it was just, he's just such a boring dude. Okay. Just Bob. Uh, he looks like a Bob, which I know we're going to Maverick again, but. <laughs> dude. Holy fuck. When that fucking, I'm assuming it's a Russian pilot, does that break and stall and turn. Oh, yes. Oh, what the fuck? That was sweet. That was crazy. <laughs> Um, and then seeing Tom's faces. Uh, I felt the speed in that movie. Yeah. When he launched off the carrier and you saw. Because <laughs> you see, you see like the plane taken off. You see it like, you see the like, you know, first person of like going off. But to see like the pilot and see the back, like leaving the carrier and him just lunged the, for yeah. Fall. It pumps you up. Yeah. I actually hear that um, uh, because my I think my aunt knew somebody that was on a carrier and got to be shuttled. I can't remember the circumstance, but it was shuttled off of the carrier to land. And he said that a lot of the pilots have major back issues. Yeah. From slamming into the carrier when you land. Makes sense. It's a pretty, it's a pretty quick stop. Yeah. And when he said, when he launched, like, he had to go to a chiropractor. I believe that. I believe all these oh, guys yeah. got back issues. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The fact that Tom Skerritt is walking as well as he is, is pretty fucking amazing. <sighs> that being said, I want to take a little tangent here. In your own opinion, or sorry, in your experience watching Maverick, yeah. did the entire theater laugh at the beach scene? 
when they started playing football. No, they didn't. Oh, my theater erupted in laughter. And I was laughing too. There may have been a chuckle at the very beginning from some people. Like I know I laughed a little bit when I saw it, but then I was like, it's needed. Oh, it's a no, Top Gun it, movie. no, it's no, it's, that's why I was laughing. I was like, oh, absolutely. Slow-mo beach sports. That being said, I need to ask you this because I'm not sure. Is Mad Max going in the action adventure or is it going in the science fiction? I would say action adventure. Okay. I would then, not say this is science fiction. Then it has a very good chance of knocking out some very bad movies. What For, do we have in there? Right in now? that one, it, number one is Die Hard. <laughs> with an A minus because we did the entire Die Hard franchise. So the one one's going to knock out is probably a good day to Die Hard. That <laughs> got a D is it in there? It got a D minus. Well, we, I know you just, there's not enough movies. That, yeah. That, yeah, but we're going to review four more now to populate this. Now, I think it can knock out a good day to Die Hard. I'm pretty sure it can knock out Die Hard 2. That was a D plus. Now, here's where it gets iffy because I can think of two movies there, Fury Road and probably Road Warrior is the ones you're giving A's to. Yeah. The other two are going to make or break whether or not Point Break from 1991 leaves, which had a C-plus average. What? And, what? And whether or not Peter Jackson's King Kong, which got a B-minus average. I need to rewatch King Kong. I always fall asleep at the same part. That's why it's a B-minus. <laughs> <laughs> How long was the original cut of that movie? Like five hours? <laughs> it was a chore. Yeah. It was, I think the original cut was around four hours. Yeah. I remember, that's not the longest movie. What's the longest movie ever made? Why do I want to say it's a movie from the 1920s? A current, a modern movie. Longest mainstream movie? Yes. Because I feel like there's movies that are that length and they don't feel that long. Uh, Cleopatra in 1960, 1963 was 248. Okay, so the closest one we have here is 2019, The Irishman. Netflix. That was long. It doesn't feel as long as King Kong. Yeah, because uh, this is the 10 longest Hollywood movies ever made. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King is right behind that. Peter Jackson. It's 45-minute ending. <laughs> I mean, you cut that Hobbit gangbang out. <laughs> It'd be shorter. Let's see. The Godfather is on the list. Got, that was 200 minutes. Uh-huh. And Malcolm X was 200 minutes. What's the number one? The number one is Cleopatra. Cleopatra was 248 minutes. That's a long fucking movie. Four hours and eight minutes. <laughs> Imagine, well, when did that come out? 60? 63. It was the highest grossing film that year. <laughs> Imagine in 63, you having to commit four hours to that. You had an intermission too, because uh, of gods and generals. I remember when I was a kid in middle school, we went to go see that for school, which actually, have you seen of gods and generals? Yeah. Should that be nominated for war movies? I don't remember if it was good or not. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm looking right now to see how long it took to make this movie. Let's see. Production started. They're saying production started in 1951. No, because no, there's no way. No, that's development. They don't, they don't age that much. Cast. Okay. Filming, uh, filming started in 1960. It took three years to get this movie in the theaters for four hours. That's I believe that. Good. Yeah. Despite the number of inaccuracies. Sky, in Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow. That took forever, right? That was like, years that was a long one also. Years. And that one, I think that was based off of a graphic novel, wasn't it? Or was it just filmed as well? I thought it was, I thought it was a comic. Or a comic? 
So would it go on the comic book pantheon? Sky Captain. We gotta do 300 at some point. <sighs> I'm already pumped up. Do you think 300 could crack the pantheon of comic book movies? Fuck yes. You know we've got six A's and one A minus in there. I'm giving it a fucking A. So you'd knock out Black Panther? An A for every fucking ab. Ab. <laughs> An A for abs, man. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excuse yourself. <laughs> no, I, all, all I thought about was Cartman not liking Black Panther. He's like, look, it's, it's not a racist thing. I just don't like Black Panther. <laughs> no, I think Black Panther is great. I will rewatch 300. 15 times before I watch Black Panther. Well, okay. Do you, do you get it? I do. Okay. I do. But I also, my, I, I agree with you because I think I can watch 300 on its own and be perfectly happy. But Black Panther, I have to watch all the Marvel movies. I have to watch as one continuous group. It's kind of like Star Wars. I can't just watch Attack of the Clones. I got to watch, watch all. the whole. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh no, Black Panther got a B plus out of us. That's a very fair because so there's okay, five. But, but eight. I was also the person that was just like, it was a Marvel movie. It wasn't like the great breakout, like this is the greatest fucking Marvel movie they've ever created. I thought it was okay. It was good. Here's the thing: it got booted out of the pantheon, and it was tied with four other movies for B pluses. Doctor Strange. Wait, Black Panther already got booted out. No, Black Panther booted out one of the other B pluses. Okay. Yeah, the other B pluses were. Doctor Strange. Better movie. Captain America Civil War. I don't like that movie. Winter Soldier. Wait, wait, Civil, uh, no, I like Civil War. I don't like Winter Soldier. (gasps) We've already been over this. I know. And Marvel's The Avengers. The first Avengers team up movie. So we decided Black Panther is the best of that. Well, let me be clear here. Did deserve to stay in this. Steve and I were reviewing these movies and we decided if there was a tie, we would just go back and forth as to who could boot the movie out. And at that time, Dr. Strange was in there, which I was pleased with. Mm -hmm. And he booted it out for black Panther. And I was like, damn it. No, 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 no. You don't do that to strange. No, but it was fair. That was the policy at the time. Cause at the time I also did a boot out, uh, on something that he did that he wanted. Uh, I believe he had, let's see. I think it was Ant-Man at one point. Ant-Man was up there. And fun movie, not a great movie. Exactly. I put funny movie, not a great movie. I'm pretty sure I put Dr. Strange into boot out Ant-Man. <laughs> Good. God. Um, but okay. So the A's are Endgame, Deadpool, Infinity War, Iron Man, and the Dark Knight. Those are our A's. Oh, that's for your comic book. Yeah. Okay. And then the A minus is Batman Begins. And then the B plus is Black Panther. Okay. So 300. That's going to be tough. And like when you keep stacking. Oh, well that I love the comic book pantheon because it's now, it's now a Rushmore and it's a matter of, okay, what are we leaving behind just to have the seven? Like the boys, there has to be seven. The seven can't unsee that first episode, episode one, that first episode of, yeah. Steve called me up and he goes, (laughs) you need to watch the boys. And I, I was like, why? He goes, just watch the first episode. You're going to see exactly what, my cousin uh, sees well every day ant-man he goes let's just say there's an ant-man scene that people have been waiting for and at my head i went oh 
the Thanos idea of he shoots up his butt and then explodes. Oh, what we all thought would happen. And we're like, okay. And then we got what we got. Go find the prostate in the dick hole. Jumps in the dick hole. And what my favorite part is, he sneezes. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. Here's the thing. That was gross. The boys season three has taken it to a whole new level of disgusting. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm very stressed out by that show now since Homelander doesn't care anymore. <laughs> I, when he started, oh my, when, wait, are you all caught up? Oh, I'm all caught up now. They have oh the birthday God. scene where he does a speech. Oh my, that killed me. Yeah. Um, not my sweet. I can't remember her name right now. Starfire? Stormfront. Stormfront. No, not Stormfront. Oh, Starfire. Not Starfire. Yeah. Yeah. Starfire. No, Starlight. Starlight. Sorry. Yeah. Starfire. Teenage. Teen Titans. Yeah. Um, Oh my God, that poor girl. I love her so much. Um, oh my when God. she kisses him at the end oh, of episode three, killed me. I was just like, and then she's squeezing her hand like, fuck, I hate this. Um, yeah. But honestly, like the second episode is when you see Nadia explode the guy's head and it's just sitting there. You see the blood oh, yeah. draining down his throat. And then the third one is when, Fucking butcher slices the guy in half with his eyes. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love it. I'm very, I'm I'm surprised it's taking so long to get to soldier boy. I am too, but I'm kind of for it because, Oh, they're just, they're teasing. They're teasing me right now. And don't get me wrong. I've been waiting for Jensen Eccles to show up since supernatural. ended. (laughs) Cause I love me some supernatural. And I love the fact that Eric Kripke was a showrunner for both TV shows. No. Um, Oh, I just finished Salem's Lot. The book or the... Mm-hmm. the book. Okay. The movie, I saw clips of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, we have a vampire. <laughs> He's got a ton of lines. That's Rutger Howard, right? I don't even Isn't know. Rutger Howard the guy in Salem's Lot? I don't even know. Like, I, I just watched the clips because I could okay. not believe that they gave him the teeth, mm-hmm. but he can't talk. <laughs> So they have the familiar saying all of his normal lines. So they continue the uh, string of Stephen King movies that just don't work. <laughs> it could. Well, no, it, it worked because let's be real. Midnight Mass is Salem's Lot. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Which, it by totally, the way, what a forgotten show that was. What do you mean? Do you think anybody remembers Midnight Mass and how great that was? Oh, there's a couple people. I think it'll I think it'll be around around Halloween maybe. Okay. But it's the only show I've watched 3 times in a row. It's in awesome. a span of a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um that was one of our covid shows. Yeah. And when it came out everybody's like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." And then um, well, I don't know. I think that's the problem with this is the problem with society. <laughs> um <laughs> The problem, is, <laughs> the problem is nobody has the fucking attention span yeah. and can't commit to anything. So it's just like, you know, it's the dopamine and, that, and then on to the next thing. It's just the fucking, it's the swiping. It's true. It also, I want to point this out. I love whenever I play immigrant song on here and you get started because you turn into a pro wrestler. Oh yeah. Like your unleash, back straightens unleash, up. Unleash the beast. And it's almost like the shades go on and you're now macho man savage. Rich. Oh yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you another thing. <laughs> Ooh. Snap into it. Oh, I was going to talk about f- fucking shit. I was going to, uh, the boys, uh, Barry. 
Have you I have not. I'm saving up. I'm saving up because I want to <laughs> shoot it all in one load. <laughs> I'm waiting on it because that's one where I was like, uh, I need to, I can't. We need to change the subject because I'm about to explode. I can, Here's the thing. I can do Obi-Wan week to week. Mm-hmm. I can do what's about to come, Miss Marvel, week to week. That starts tomorrow. And I can do the boys week to week. I can't do any more fucking week to weeks. Barry, you're waiting. But I can't wait to tell you when I've watched it because I can tell you're about to pop also. Oh, my God. I'm so stressed out. <laughs> so stressed out. Uh, it, it kills me that it's almost over already. How many episodes are there? Every, every season is just eight episodes. Okay. All right. Very British of them. <laughs> it's quality, not quantity. I agree. Barry is quality. Like they have it, one episode the, in the last season where it's just him fighting a little girl in the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's an episode in this. It might be the best shot episode in the entire series. Oh, they Bill Hader outdid himself. And I cannot be more impressed with him. I'm psyched. Yeah. Like it's been sitting there on my queue and HBO max, just teasing me like a little new sign on. I was like, yeah, I know there's something new and I have to wait. I want to get it all done. One shot. That's how I wish I, that's how I wish I did it. I don't, I forget. I think I watched Barry after season two was, was it season two already out? I can't remember. I, don't I, remember know. I, I remember I binged and I was like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. You got me into Barry and it's why I have my HBO Max subscription now. <laughs> That's why. I got HBO subscription just for Barry. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, there's so many other good shows I missed over the years. <laughs> so, there's a like, ton. I, I'm a, I was thinking about today, I was like, I'm kind of ready to rewatch Veep again and how great that show oh, is. I never watched it. I know you <sighs> talked about this. So amazing. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, I started Righteous watch- Gemstones. I got a couple episodes in. I just didn't come back to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I love the cast. Yeah, it's a great cast, but I've kind of petered out on it too. Yeah. Uh, did you watch Princess Mononoke again? Uh, no. Okay, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. And uh, Look, I, you need to be in the mood for it. You I got to be in the mood. Mo- I know I got to be in the mood for it. And I, here's the thing. I've got to watch it now before I do the Mad Max movies, so I'm not completely deflated with movies. 